The media industry is constantly expanding and shifting, giving people a chance to learn new skills and expand their brands. When I started out, and I don't want to date myself, but when I started out, there were many career options in news as there are today. Now, during grad school and while working on a media show, I decided to start looking into the variety of roles, you know, the jobs behind the job descriptions. I began reaching out to former colleagues and complete strangers on LinkedIn. And for each DM or Zoom call, I started off by asking, what do you do exactly? I wanted to know what their day-to-day roles were like so I could better understand what they do, but also how they fit in this industry I love so much. Hi, everybody. My name is Jamie Maglietta, and this is What Do You Do Exactly? I've worked as a TV news producer, reporter, segment producer, writer, copy editor. You name it, I've tried it. I've even been the prompter. I've been involved in the media since high school. I'm a CNN alum, and I also work for Fox News Channel. Recently, I graduated from Harvard Extension School's management program with my master's degree. In 2022, the media show I was producing for CNN was canceled, and I lost my job. Being laid off is always hard, and you find yourself in this research phase, trying to figure out who you are and what you want to be. Thankfully, a mentor of mine had already been showing me the ropes of a role I always felt was well-suited, production management. So I've been freelancing as a line producer in long-form entertainment. I'm really enjoying it, but I've also launched my own media company. I'm working as a consultant. I guess you could say that's my side hustle right now. And the point of this podcast is to really inspire those who have been laid off and are looking for work or looking for change or looking for a pivot because there's so much to this industry. My goal is for people to listen to these conversations and walk away with a better sense of what these jobs are so they can start to craft and strategize their own careers. During this podcast, you will hear from a variety of people. And I decided to launch now because there's been so much uncertainty. And I've been providing inspiration online, but I needed to do more. I needed to provide a resource to people, and for good reason. Right now, when we're recording, this is December of 2022, and the headlines today on the 5th read like this. From CNN to Paramount Media Companies Cut Jobs as Pressures Mount. That's the Wall Street Journal. From the WAPO, CNN makes massive staff cuts as news industry prepares for a dark winter. And layoffs sweeping the U.S., Amazon, Meta, Twitter, you name it, from Insider. Claire Atkinson, the chief media correspondent at Insider, put it like this on Twitter. Today in media news, layoffs underway at fill in the blank. This is where the media and entertainment industry is today. Here with us now with some hope and some good ideas is Claire Atkinson. Claire, welcome to What Do You Do Exactly? And I must ask, what do you do exactly? Well, Jamie, thank you for having me on. And thanks for being an inspiration to people. I read your LinkedIn posts. You are uh, really wonderful at helping people think laterally about their careers and encouraging people. It can be a very uh, 
despond a time of uh, despondency when you lose your job. Um, before I get to that, let me tell you a little bit about me. I am chief media correspondent at Insider. I've been with the company about two years. Before that, I was with NBC for three as senior media editor. Before that, I was at the New York Post writing about media there on the business desk. And I could go on and on with all the jobs that I've had, uh, you know, literally for like two and a half decades, <laughs> focusing on the media business. So I've seen a lot of cycles. Um, to your point, we're in a little bit of a down cycle right now. Um, a lot of the stories that I've been writing about are these cuts and layoffs, um, 400 people or 400 positions rather globally at CNN. That's a lot of people on top of the CNN Plus cuts. Uh, but CNN isn't, you know, by any means an isolated case. Um, at NBC Universal, the, they're cutting a billion dollars um, at, you know, at Paramount, as you mentioned, job losses there. And then also, this is the first time really that we're seeing significant job cuts uh, across the board at big tech companies. Um, Apple's on a hiring freeze, Amazon's uh, uh, losing thousands of people. And so it is a scary time when, when you get to the end of the year and, and you know this is what we're writing. The reason it's so shocking is because it feels like you know, a couple of months ago, we were filing stories about how it was difficult for ad agencies to hire people. People left the job market for a variety of reasons because of COVID or other other scenarios, bad pay, for instance. Um, and we also have at the same time this explosion of entrepreneurial um zest where we have people deciding, I don't want to work for a big corporation anymore. I perhaps would like to create my own business through doing a little bit like what you're doing and saying, I can be, I can do my own podcast. I can run a branding consultancy. I can get on freelance website Fiverr and find work doing things that I can do, uh, you know, when I have free time, um, I can do it as a side hustle. And so, you know the the work the workplace is really uh, going through a lot of changes right now, um, and obviously, again, as I said, you know th these things come in in cycles. And um, you know what we saw during COVID was everybody's rush to the screen. We saw everybody streaming and buying lots of streaming services to keep themselves entertained while they were home. And what happened was all these companies decided they were going to hire more people and expand and you know they had bigger balance sheets all of a sudden they'd gone from losses during covid to this big bonanza with ad dollars coming in the door advertisers were looking at how to stimulate e-commerce purchasing and so there's a lot of kind of dis disjointed things going on uh and the media economy reflects all those things um i one of the things your colleagues wrote about this week, Brian Stelter, who was the host of Reliable Sources on CNN, he wrote a, a really good piece for The Atlantic about HLN and how um, it was titled The End of Companion TV. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a really good title for the piece. Um, but what it articulated was people come to television for lots of different reasons. One of the reasons is they come for comfort and uh they want to see the same person every day deliver them the same you know deliver them news in a familiar way and you know hln um 
sadly laid off Robin Mead, who is, you know, a huge, one of the longest running morning anchors, I believe, uh, in history. And, you know, I know that she was perhaps not so famous on the coast, but I know she was kind of a Heartland America, um, very popular with with uh, people outside of the, you know, the big mainstream coasts. And so, yeah, you know, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of different factors affecting the employment market. You know, I'm glad you brought up Brian's piece. I was going to ask you, do you agree? Is this the end of companion television? I think that um, there is a move away from linear traditional television towards streaming. And the reason is viewers are moving away. Viewers are canceling pay television. There was a projection out from ad agency Group M today that said that by 2024, less than 50% of homes would still pay a pay TV bill. Uh, That means, you know, your cable bill or your satellite TV bill. And people are saying, you know what? I don't want to pay that fee anymore. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go to streaming instead. And I'm going to get my news from a whole bunch of different streaming services that might be free. Um, There's a lot of free news out there. And so what that's doing is essentially taking revenue away from the CNNs, from the HLNs, from NBC News. And, um, you know, they're they're dealing with that decline in the most obvious way. They're saying we still need to meet margins, but the viewers are over here. Uh, We need to rethink how we're doing things. And that inevitably leads to cost cutting. And, you know, I think that HLM was really kind of a victim of that. So, yeah, we're watching TV differently and all of the fees that used to be paid over here are now paid in in an unbundled a la carte way, which is breaking down the fiber of um, the revenue source for all these cable channels. And so that's changing the market. People are looking at transitioning into sports. And I'm starting to see this as maybe these cuts are kind of like a media migration. Like we're going to start seeing people move and pivot into different roles. I mean, would you think, based on what you know, would you say that maybe sports and streaming is a wise investment for individuals who are looking for a change? Yeah, I think that's a a really good point that you make. Um, There's a lot of money being spent in sports. Why is that? Well, it's the things that people want to watch live and they're ad- and therefore advertisers who want to advertise their weekend sales to you, know that you're sitting there, you're not delaying the viewership. And so news and sport is something that people come to uh, in big numbers because, you know, who cares what happened in the World Cup um, next week? You want to know what happens today. And so those skills are very kind of transferable. If you work in the news business, then a lot of people do kind of go back and forth between news and sport. Um, we're sp- seeing a huge growth in sports media, whether it is the athletic being acquired by the New York Times, whether it is Apple staffing up, it's uh, MLS, um, and perhaps all the things that it's going to buy. Um, those jobs are on LinkedIn. I see them all the time. They're looking for producers, for writers, for graphics people. Um, and so for sure, that there, there, there is a big burgeoning interest in people who have uh, a background in sport or who have those skills. Amazon also. Amazon bought Thursday Night Football. Thursday Night Football um, has required a huge number of people to work behind the scenes to produce it and make it look you know, 
as good as it does on broadcast TV and then some. You know, Amazon's reason for buying sport is to bring you to Amazon Prime, get you to buy the cat litter, get you to buy the uh, the regular shopping. And so, you know, I, I do, I see this um, really burgeoning interest in sport. There's a, a lot of private equity players who want to buy teams right now. Part of that is because, um, you know, Chelsea FC was sold for a huge valuation. And when that happens, every other sports team says, well, if, if they're selling for this, then maybe I'm worth something. And it's kind of sparked M&A uh, in the market. Mm. And that means that there's more money available when people are paying big rights fees for, for you know, the NBA's next cycle is coming up. Um, all eyes are on that. Who's going to get that? Is it going to stay with Turner and ESPN or is it going to go to Apple and Amazon? So there's a lot going on in the sports market right now. It's definitely growing. Um, one of the other things I wanted to mention is sports tends to be an industry that attracts um, guys. Women's sports is attracting more investment, more viewership, more sponsorship. And so that is a world that's growing right now. And so, and I, I do feel that people like Marie Donahue, who runs Amazon Sports globally, she's very invested in making sure that women are represented and at the table. So I think it's, you know, it's a really a, a growing industry and a growing opportunity for everyone, but also the door is a lot more open to women than it ever has been. I was recently speaking with a class of students. They're all maybe juniors, seniors in college, and none of them had cable. And I thought, wait, how do you, how do you get your news? You know, I, to me, always being in cable, you know, Fox and CNN, I just couldn't fathom, but they honestly are a different, there's just a different consumer. And it does illustrate the point that you're making as people are starting to shift, you know, linear TV just is losing the interest of the young consumer. I think you make a really good point. Um, there is a growing number of kind of smaller news brands out there. You have Newsy, which is owned by Scripps. They're about to change their name to Scripps News and have a rebrand in January. Mm -hmm. um, there is News Nation, which is uh, out of Nexstar, a big local station group. They hired Chris Cuomo to, to be their primetime anchor. Um, you have NBC News Now, which offers a streaming yeah. service free to anybody who wants to watch it. It's on Peacock. I myself watch Sky News at night, which gives me the British news. Mm -hmm. So there's no shortage of news around. Um, you know, it just doesn't happen to be MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, which are the big three, Fox News being the biggest. Fox News has Fox Nation, which is a kind of a slightly different flavor. It's more lifestyle. It's more opinion. Um, and, you know, News Nation, sorry, uh, NBC News Now is the kind of the streaming entrant for NBC Universal. CNN kind of relinquished its position in streaming, but, um, you know, they, they will undoubtedly pop back up in the bundle that is going to be whatever HBO Max turns into. So everybody's trying to think about how they get into streaming as they kind of defund, so to speak, their traditional linear businesses. And so in 23, that's going to be absolutely something to watch because everybody I'm sure is saying, you know what, we want a piece of this landscape. We want to be in the news business and we're going to serve the audience 
every different flavor. Uh, Newsy, for instance, they have bureaus all over the country that they are able to report on a very granular level about what's happening locally. Um, and so, you know, as you kind of look around the, the streaming dial, it's as, as it's, uh, you know, you flip around looking for the next thing. Um, there's a lot of options, mm-hmm. They're not what you had before. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think you bring up a, a really interesting point about what is the purpose of traditional television in a world where everybody gets alerts about what's happening in the news. I used to come home from work and tell my 17-year-old daughter, you'll never guess what happened today in the <laughs> office. And she'll say, I know already because in math class, I got the alert from CBS News, from <laughs> Apple News, from NBC, mm-hmm. and all of those um, notifications were pushed to her while she's in class. She's People are hyper aware of breaking news these days, and you yeah. can get it anywhere. Uh, I should also mention, I, I didn't mention CBS News streaming. I didn't mention ABC News streaming. I didn't mention Bloomberg. I didn't mention CNBC. There are lots of places to get different flavors of news. Um, so I don't think that there's any kind of big crisis. I do think mm-hmm. that there is um, certainly the news directors have to think, what are we going to give the audience that they can't already see on their phones? And I think, you know, the unique selling point for me is visuals. Like we can all read about a school shooting, but I think you want to put like, um, you want to see the images to really understand the story. And you want to really kind of put a face on the police officers who were there or the the moms or the kids. And so, you know, um, but again, I'm sure I'm sure that if you're sitting at one of these big media corporations and you're trying to ask yourself, what are we trying to create in streaming that is different from what we're trying to create in linear traditional TV? It's a difficult task. Mm-hmm. Uh, the audience is moving there, but what do they want that's different from what we have right now? Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, the answer for many of them is we need to do less of this less of you know a very fully staffed operation with people who are there to do the weekend work and you know stretching their journalists a little bit further so that they're doing podcasts they're doing digital they're doing the shows and they're uh you know that the tiktoks like we didn't even mention that like you know i know a lot of a big you know tv talent who also run popular tiktoks and I think that's another thing that's driving news that in the past you would never imagine. But now I see so many stories that originate on TikTok or a story idea that uh, came from somebody watching somebody share something on, on TikTok. So, you know, I think the news business is uh, in some ways like thrashing around, trying to figure out like what's next at the same time, this, you know, business model that's been around for you know, since the 80s, since Ted Turner created CNN, it's, it's, we're in a period of extreme transformation right now. You know, and you, I just want to say you brought up so many great options and resources for people listening that might be thinking, oh, wow, you know, I'm seeing the headlines, I'm nervous. But you know what, Claire just listed a ton of companies and opportunities that could be out there for you. 
And it's worth looking into the points that she's made, the companies she's mentioned, and just know that this is not a time for concern. You may be facing some challenges, but right now it is a time for opportunity. There is so much change and it's worth looking into all the variety of roles that could be out there. Um, We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about Claire's career and what it's like to be a reporter at Insider. We'll be right back. Right now, I want to focus this next half on Claire's career. You know, Claire, you're a reporter. So what what does that mean? Like day to day, what is it like? Some people may hear reporter and just not really truly understand what you do. Yeah, that's that's, uh, a good question. What do I do? Um, You know, the job is about talking to people all day. I still, I've been doing this a long time and I'm still amazed that people pay me to, uh, have a good gossip with people. <laughs> I know what's happening in all of these organizations and, you know, try to bring a little bit of intelligence to what's happening next. Um, you know, there's been a few big stories uh, this year. Probably the biggest is the return of Bob Iger at Disney. Yeah. That's a huge story. I never thought that would happen. And so, you know, my job is to kind of figure out what Bob's going to do next, uh, who might leave the company as a result of Bob's return, what might he sell, what might he buy, what are the new strategies at Disney, will he be a success, will he find a successor? Like there are, you know, a lot of questions that uh, we we have about him coming back. But you're Um, you're not just focusing on Disney, you're across so many different aspects of this industry from news to entertainment and you've covered it all throughout your career how do you stay in tune with all these different topics and then also field for sources too yeah so I write about like sports business I write about cable news I write about all the big media conglomerates sometimes I write about things happening inside of Apple and Amazon so I'm a little bit tech uh you know when Sheryl Sandberg stepped down at Facebook there's kind of a big mosh pit of journalists saying, who knows who, who can find out what she's going to do next or why she's leaving. So um, you have to be extremely ADD, I think, to be a journalist because you are multitasking at speed, but you also have to get things right. As you know, Jamie, through your your work at CNN, um, you have to move fast, but you also have to be absolutely as accurate as possible. Um and and keeping in mind that you're on the outside of these organizations and you're trying to get people to tell you what's happening. And oftentimes what happens is somebody says, you know, it's it's black inside and somebody will tell you it's white inside and you're trying to kind of figure out, well, who's, whose view of a situation is right? And so you're kind of an adjudicator. Sometimes you're a therapist. Sometimes <laughs> you're a divorce uh, attorney. Like you have to have a lot of good people skills to be a reporter. And there were lots of different kinds of reporters. My job is, you know, I always decided I wanted to be on the front lines of, of writing um, versus being in the background and directing the traffic and editing. Um, and so, 
you know, it's intense. You find the sources through combing LinkedIn to, to see who might talk to you or, or who works where and what they do. Um, and you have a giant, you know, contacts book and you reach out to people and you ask some questions. And I think this is where kind of you, what you have done since leaving CNN is become a thought leader in trying to help people find new careers. And I think, you know, one piece of advice might be if you're looking to um, stand out because you have a, a particular set of knowledge, uh, then reaching out to journalists like me who want to find out, like, what is um, somebody's viewpoint on a situation? We're constantly looking for professors, for academics, for investors, for people who, you know, have a, a specific view on a topic, who are experts in their fields, so we can you know, have on record sources and stories. And oftentimes we go to places like like LinkedIn, where a lot of people are, are sharing kind of knowledge about topics and industry expertise to find the sources. So, you know, I guess, you know, that's one piece of advice I would give if you're out there is kind of be visible, be on Twitter, be on TikTok, be on LinkedIn, be on Facebook, be annoying, be out there. <laughs> so uh, I, I actually said this to a group of students that I was speaking with because they all want to be print reporters. And I said, well, as a print reporter, you really need to be putting yourself out there on social media, not just plugging the stories that you're covering. You know, you don't want to just share the link. You want to share a piece of value or I'll say a piece of information that offers value to people. Yeah. So they want to continue to follow you and you become the expert. You become the person that maybe a TV show or a YouTube channel wants to interview because that ultimately helps your brand, but also helps your publication. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to give you a few examples of that, uh, Balenciaga had a situation where their marketing was, um, became yeah. controversial and so you know we have a person inside an insider whose job it is to kind of match me with opportunities and they said gma is looking for somebody to talk about this can you hop on it and you know speed of response is very important you have to be there when uh, uh another outlet needs mm -hmm. someone to talk to and you have to understand how to deliver kind of bite-sized pieces of information that can uh, be condensed into whatever it is they're trying to achieve. Um, but yeah, absolutely. You can be an expert on many different things. And being a print reporter is just one way of um, approaching journalism and approaching inserting yourself into the media conversation from day to day. You know, being a guest on TV, was there anything you wish you knew before you started to appear on television? that you you didn't know and you're like oh kind of wish i knew knew that before <laughs> that's a really good question i think in some ways how to calm your nerves mm. is probably the most for me uh it, it's you know obviously it's very important to feel like you are projecting an image of confidence even if you are like panicked underneath <laughs> and there is something actually very uh in some ways unnatural about being on TV. There are cameras in, you know, there's a camera, you're sitting in a little room often, yeah. there's like a light that goes on and you have like very bright lights in your eyes <laughs> and it's completely dark and you're alone and you have people in your ear and then you have a visual of yourself and it's, you know, a recipe for 
uh, making you crazy. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I think, but the more you do it, the less intimidating it is. And so people who might say, I- I'm too scared to do live TV, um, I would say it's like driving onto a highway. You do it the first time and it's awful. You do it the second time, it gets easier. So mm-hmm. force yourself to do it more often and then you become a pro. But that's not to say I don't worry every single time <laughs> I go on TV. I'm, you know, yeah. I panic and I, there is a skill set in knowing how to deliver very um, succinct sound bites. But there's also a talent in knowing they need me to fill three minutes right now or five minutes and mm-hmm. I don't know what to say or I need to link one thought to another to another. And so training, get some media yeah. training, have somebody school you in how it works and practice and watch a lot of TV. And then if you get those opportunities, which I think are invaluable for mm-hmm. building your own media branding, I get lots of different new followers when I go on TV. Um, you know, it, it momentum begets momentum. Uh, you get more stories because people see you, you're more visible, people think to call you. So it's about being front of mind in many cases. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would just say it's something to practice. And yeah. if you're in the business and you can do a side hustle at helping people figure this out, then <laughs> there's an income stream right there. Let's hope. I mean, I'm, I myself am hoping I can help people. Let me tell you the one, my first appearance on television was actually on Fox news channel. And I was working there as a producer and they're like, okay, well, we're going to have you as a guest. And it was my first time, but I will say the, what prepped, what helped me prep was the fact that I had been in pageants and they always say, think about every single question you can imagine them asking and have an answer prepared. And that's one tip I always tell people. Now, the other thing that you brought up was just how there is this opportunity right now for anyone listening to really expand their brands, pivot and do more with themselves. Um, You know, what are your, what are your thoughts on the entrepreneurship that you're seeing online and just in the industry itself? Yeah, when when I was looking for a job when I first came out of college, you know, I got frustrated. It was a recession. I came out of college into a very poor economic environment. And my dad actually said to me, nobody is stopping you from writing. Just mm-hmm. write. And so write your stories, send them off, call people. And I think that that my advice would be, number one, read Insider. Insider is full of stories about how to Mm -hmm. create side hustles, how to find other income streams, how to build yourself and, um, you know, use freelancing websites like Fiverr or um, is it called Upwork? Yes, Upwork. Mm -hmm. Upwork, there's another one. (laughs) Um, And find opportunities to use your skills. Um, I think this is there's probably like no better time than now than to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, I think what we learned in the pandemic is that people can figure out lots of different ways to use the media, to to earn an income and to do it in a way that isn't traditional. Um, and, you know, I have friends who've created businesses out of nothing. They're doing very well that they have their own YouTube channels. My little niece has a YouTube channel about arsenal soccer and she has thousands <laughs> of followers and i'm amazed but um again you can monetize those audiences on youtube and lots of people are doing that 
And um, don't be disheartened. I would also say that a lot of the commentary that I've heard from these, you know, earnings calls from big media and investor conferences is that the CEOs are expecting this to be a relatively short um, period of time where things look bleak. Mm-hmm. And even if they look bleak, they still look better than they did a year ago. And so, you know, I think that what I've picked up in my reporting is that the second half of 2023, things are going to start coming back. And I've written about so many of these cycles um, that what you do see inevitably is things come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Companies shed staff, they look at their margins and they say, gosh, you know, we got to like hit these year end numbers. And then the advertisers come back at the beginning of the year and they say, you know what, we need to sell some stuff and we're going to put some money down and then companies start expanding again. And so, you know, this is American capitalism. This is what it's all about, right? Expansion, contraction, mm-hmm. expansion, very flexible labor forces, unlike Europe. And so, you know, I think that begets entrepreneurialism in the US that that is unrivaled around the world. And that's why we live here and, and love it because people are full of genius ideas and nobody sits back and says, you know what, Uh, I'm never going to get employed again. They think of an idea and they pursue it just Mm -hmm. like you're doing. And oftentimes, you know, that leads to things you never expected. And it certainly did for me. I actually was, um, I went to work for a, a, a newspaper in the UK. It went bankrupt on my first day. I literally got my notebook out and the bankruptcy lawyers were there and I interviewed them and I sold a story about the bankruptcy and that led to other things. And I was freelance for it for quite some time until I came to the States. But had that experience not happened to me, I would never have moved to the US and I wouldn't have had the career I've had. And so these kind of knocks, you know, you have to put them into perspective of your, you know, your the length of your career and you know, there's a lot of work out there. New York is a, a huge place for for ambitious people to kind of make their way. I'm really glad you brought up your um, the beginning of your career because I was going to end by asking you about that, but also ask you a few tips for people that are you know listening and just want to know. You know, if I want to go into this industry, I want to be like you one day, Claire. What do I do? What are like maybe three points that you think they really need to focus on to become a strong expert in, in a field of reporting like yourself and keep in mind, she's a mom. And I really also want to know how you balance it all. So that's a big question, but we'll leave it with that. (laughs) It's a really big question. It's usually only a question for mom, but you know, with the (laughs) pandemic and work from home, I see so many guys out on the streets with their kids. And I think that's, you know, it's great to see that, that parenting is a shared job in a way that it wasn't when I was on my maternity leave. Um, and so the balancing, I like to think of it as a lazy Susan. Uh, sometimes the work comes first. Sometimes your kids come first. Sometimes your partner does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes you do. So and, and at any one time, you're just kind of like moving that lazy Susan around and everybody gets a turn, but you can't keep everybody happy all the time. Um, as to my career, I started as a local newspaper reporter. I learned that the courts, the police, the ambulance, the churches, I called all the people in my community to find out what was going on. 
that was the best foundation for becoming a journalist because you understand how civic society works. And so from there, I went to a television trade magazine and I got sent all over the world to write about TV um, and international program sales, which is where I met a lot of Americans who were in the business of selling like Dallas and Dynasty to to Russian channels um, at a time when, you know, I'm going to date myself here, but the wall was coming down in in (laughs) Berlin shortly after that. People were not watching ballet on TV anymore. They were watching like American shows. So I made my way to the States. I didn't have a job. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a place to live. And I um, decided I was going to make it because I loved it. I saw these two big overweight cops with Dunkin' Donuts at the airport. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's just like law and order. (laughs) And uh, I just decided I was going to stay and figure it out. And so things fell into place. And, you know, I worked at a lot of different trade magazines from PR Week to Ad Age to Broadcasting Mm -hmm. Cable to Variety, Hollywood Reporter. Um, I worked on a lot of uh, film and TV dailies down in France. Um, I've done a lot of different corners of the media in the time Mm -hmm. that I've been reporting. And so that helps build your sources. And so You know, it takes time. It takes time to build a career. But um, I would say my number one piece of advice is be persistent. Never take a no. Keep pushing the door. If the doors don't open, find a different door and always have self-belief. Always be confident that you know what you are um, all about. I would also say specifically to people who lack confidence to get comfortable suggesting yourself for different things. We do a lot of kind of, you know, we're in the middle of looking for great social media managers right now. So we can put them on a list and say, these are the brightest folks in the industry. Don't wait for your bosses to to allow you to put yourself forward. Put your hand up and say, I want to be on that list or email people directly, get in their faces and take charge. I think a lot of people... I think a lot of what I see with women is they wait for somebody to give them permission to do these kind of things. Don't wait, build your own career. Don't go to your manager and say, where's this going? You have to take charge and be responsible for yourself. And you have to say, this is where I want to go. And how am I going to get there? And who do I need to know to make that happen? Do I need an agent? Do I need a manager? Do I need the... um you know, the right connections, but you have to put in the time and the effort and be aggressive. And this is, you know, I'm based in New York. It's a very aggressive place to stand out is difficult, but you, um, there's plenty of opportunities to schmooze the people who can open the doors for you wherever you live. Yeah. Amen. My goodness. I feel like everything you're saying is exactly what I and I'm sure other people listening really needed to hear. Claire, I'm so glad you could join us. And I could honestly continue this conversation for another hour or so, but we should end it there and um, have you back. But I really do appreciate it. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. You too, Jamie. It was great to chat with you. Good to chat with you. Best of luck. 